Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us in this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. My name is Jenna Filipkowski, and I'm the head of research here at HCI. So you may have heard the terms recruitment is sales, recruitment is marketing. And for some time now, we've been saying that the talent acquisition playbook isn't so different from that of a company's revenue generating teams. But in the field of marketing in particular, continues to evolve at a breakneck pace. What can recruiting leaders learn from their marketing counterparts? We'll explore a few concrete ideas with Lever CMO, Leela Srinivasan. Welcome, Leela. Thanks so much, Jenna. Great to be here. So my first question for you, Leela, is people have been talking for a while about the similarities between recruitment and marketing. Why do you think this topic is worth revisiting now? Well, Jenna, I would say that wearing my marketeer's hat, marketing continues to evolve at just this crazy pace. So I don't know if you can recall back in 2012 or so, Gartner proclaimed that uh, the CMO's budget would uh, actually be bigger than the CIO's by 2017. Now, I'm not sure if that actually happened, but what I can tell you from, from my side of the fence is that technology has certainly been transformational for uh, marketing and I think by extension recruitment. And I say that because, I, I, you know, based on all the conversations that we have at Lever with talent acquisition leaders and all of the work that we do in the space, we continue to see that marketing and talent leaders find themselves drifting closer together. And I think that's because there's been this blurring of the lines um, between what constitutes a customer versus a candidate, um, between corporate brand and employer brand. And of course, the web has been sort of a huge driver of the, that blurring of lines because your, your customer often is your candidate or may very quickly not, um, not be your, your customer anymore if you don't treat them well as a candidate. And uh, a lot of that, you know, gets shared online and then, you know, the sort of bad branding juju reverberates around the web. So, um, so branding is just one aspect of it. But I think overall, I, I do see that a few of the tough challenges that keep recruiting leaders up at night right now uh, might be answered by turning to some of the things that we're thinking about in the marketing side of the fence. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I know we're going to explore that in the research that we're producing together. But I'm curious now, what do you see as some of those challenges? Yeah, so the first one that comes to mind is this pressure that I see in the talent community for talent leaders to figure out analytics and be increasingly data-driven in their recruiting practices. So this is something that has been a phenomenon in the marketing site now for many years, uh, where there is uh, a lot of pressure to understand um, the flow of leads, to understand conversion rates, to understand ROI, what constitutes a good lead versus a bad lead, really understanding sources of new business. Um, and a lot of that, of course, is not dissimilar from recruiting leaders having to figure out the analytics, figure out what's working in their recruiting practices, understand the conversion funnel um, that they see from a recruiting standpoint. So if you interview 150 applicants, how many hires would you expect to make, for example? Um, so I think there's um, a lot of the um, pressure that market marketers have already sort of navigated as they have uh, become more data-driven. Um, you know, a lot of that could be quite useful for, for recruiters as they think about navigating their world. And the good news is that the technology continues to get more and more intuitive, uh, and then it's really incumbent on you as a recruiting leader to uh, get your arms around that data, not be afraid of it, uh, to run toward it and use it to, to answer, answer the right questions. So that's one thing. Um, a second challenge um, that I see that I think, again, is something that has become more important in recruitment uh, in the age of the web is balancing inbound and outbound activities. So think back to 
uh, marketing and sales and also recruitment uh, 15, 20 years ago, right? Um, and there, uh, you know, a lot of what you were what you were juggling with was um, on the recruitment side was inbound applicants, um, and that's all there was. And um, if you were lucky, you were working with an agency to uh, maybe try and go outbound and open up the Rolodex and find candidates that uh, might be a match for your organization, even if they weren't actively looking for their next gig. Um, We flash forward to today, of course, and passive candidate recruitment, um, while it feels almost like a hackneyed term by this stage, has become incredibly important um, for for uh, recruiting teams to become skilled at, to be uh, leveraging tools to work toward. In fact, in our research, we've seen that uh, on average, 31% of hires at an organization are through um, proactively reaching out to passive candidates. Um, on the marketing side of the fence, so I think, you know, it's almost that the web has given rise to what we would call inbound or content marketing. Um, and so there's been a lot of work done to try and increase the brand pool, the brand attraction. Um, to complement the outbound work that was already being done by sales teams. And uh, that content marketing then starts to segue into uh, employer branding practices because a lot of what we do from an employer branding standpoint, which really of all activities feels like it's at that sort of nexus of marketing and and recruitment, um, a lot of that is really about creating um, a brand that stands for something that your candidates are going to look at and uh, allow them to have a positive perception of your organization um, based, based on what it's like as a place to work. And so... Um, I think, you know, recruiters are trying to figure out a lot of that just now. And again, this sort of this content marketing revolution um, that started um, several years back, I think, is a good, um, good leading indicator for that. Um, and then the last thing that I think we're all impacted by yet again, thanks to the web, is this dilemma of how to operate in what I see as an era of intense crowdsourcing for whether you're making a purchase decision or a career decision. Right, and this this um, does tie into the last point somewhat, but you know I think the stats are. I, I saw a, a piece last year which said that um, folks are 92% likelier to trust peer recommendations compared to advertising, and so uh, which is crazy. Uh, but uh, you know they'll take the word of a stranger over um, the word of the brand, and I think this is you know why we see um, many brands turning, of course, to employees to tell authentic stories. But also, certainly as, as, uh, in the marketing realm, it's become really important for us to stay on top of what's being said online to make sure that we know how to keep up with the Twitter feed and, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, recruiting, recruitment side of the house, know how to respond to that Glassdoor review. And so I think a lot of us are living our brands and our work out loud uh, in p- the public domain um, by necessity because those are the tools that potential customers and uh, certainly potential employees are turning to to navigate their decisions. That's very interesting. And thanks for sharing those three challenges. And I like to break them apart piece by piece. So let's start with analytics. I know that's a passion one for me, but what can talent teams learn from marketers regarding analytics? Yeah. So, uh, gosh, it's such a good question. So some of what I see in this, uh, hopefully this doesn't offend anyone that's, that's listening in, but um, you know, we work with we work with over 1,300 companies um, today at Lever, and um, that brings us into contact with all kinds of different recruitment leaders. Um, and 
I think we see a spectrum of capability when it comes to analytics. Uh, you know, on the one hand, you've got some of the most advanced teams in the space who are hiring up full teams of analysts and really kind of embracing uh, the data challenge and uh, thinking about how to navigate analytics and being uh, on the leading edge. At the other end of the spectrum, you've got uh, HR and recruiting leaders who, frankly, are quite upfront about the fact that they didn't get into recruitment because of the numbers piece of it. They are a little bit uh, unsure of themselves um, in analytical waters and almost don't know where to start. And so um, the first thing, uh, and I think this is true in marketing, right? You can measure almost anything and you can spend your life boiling the ocean in Salesforce data or HubSpot data or whatever it happens to be. Um, so the first thing to do is really to figure out what it is that you're looking to accomplish. So think about the business outcomes. Uh, what are your objectives, um, preferably tied into your company OKRs, right? Because if you can bring it back to um, sort of the overall business strategy, then I think that puts you on the firmest footing of all. Um, and then set about figuring out how you can measure toward the specific outcomes rather than figuring out all the things you can measure, so um, back in, I spent uh, four and a half years at LinkedIn a while back, and uh, you know we, we we were always talking about the fact that if you can't if you can't measure something, you can't manage it, um, and I think that is very true for talent leaders as well. Um, but rather than being sort of dazzled by the realm of uh, sorry the array rather of of analytics offerings, um, it, it you know it, it's really important to, to begin with the end in mind and think about what it is that you need to measure. Once you've done that. Um, you know, based again on what we've seen be successful on the marketing side, uh, you're going to want to choose tools that have clean reporting um, that enable you to get the clean answers that you're looking for. So, for instance, um, if you think you have an offer acceptance rate problem, uh, then it's really important that your offers reporting is is detailed. Or if you have a wide degree of variation in interviewing capability across the org, being able to calibrate across teams becomes important. So the answer will be different for every organization based on the types of things you're trying to measure. But above all, you're going to want to choose tools and solutions that have clean reporting. Um, the other thing is, and I hate to say it, um, there were very few tools on the market that are going to ha automatically have the answer out of the box to everything that you're looking for. So another thing I've seen talent leaders do on the side is just get good at using pivot tables in Excel, um, just because you can actually, you know, you can get to the answer yourself, um, quite honestly, even if it's a quick and dirty answer to begin with while you're building out um, other, other technologies. Um, and if you don't have analysts on your HR recruitment team, there has to be someone in, somewhere in the building that you can borrow that analytical help. Um, so that's, you know, that's the other thing is I think sometimes talent leaders get kind of siloed in their own kind of world and um, may be missing an opportunity to get help from um, someone else in the team. So if you have a business operations team or if there is uh, someone on the, you know, someone on a different team that can provide a little bit of um, a favor to you even to get started, then that can be something. Um, at LinkedIn, I think it was uh, – Remember, we had a cross-team training on some aspect of Excel from someone in BizOps once, and it was transformational. It just taught us all to fish, basically. So you can definitely do that. Um, and then the last thing is really looking to your vendors for, for benchmarks. Um, so I think part of, part of the frustration or part of the uncertainty in talent can be that it's hard to know how well you're doing. And so this was actually the impetus for Lever pulling together a couple of different benchmarks reports now. And in fact, we um, did a webinar with HCI back in March on the first set of benchmarks. Um, so 
Going back to that offer acceptance rate, one thing that we discovered in looking at recent data for small companies up to about 200 employees was that uh, 69% of offers are accepted. Um, so that's good to know, and it's certainly helpful as a benchmark, knowing that 31% of offers are declined. Uh, also important is the fact that for engineering, that number goes down to 59%, with 41% declined. So it gives you a sense of what's normal if you have uh, those types of external benchmarks to help compare your own performance to um, to that of your peers as you start to scale and think more um, more granularly, more specifically about how you want to improve your, your operations. Thanks, Leila. That's very useful information. I know myself, I love a I love a good pivot table. You can find a lot of useful information very quickly <laughs> with one of those. Um, so also, I'm interested, too, you mentioned inbound versus outbound. For the layperson, someone who's not in marketing, can you explain how marketers like yourself think about inbound versus outbound and how to balance both of those? Yeah, 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 definitely. So I did. I went into this in a, a little bit on uh, the previous um, previous question, but... Um, so as I said, I sort of see marketing and recruitment moving in opposite directions here. So marketing went from outbound, all outbound all the time, all kind of sales pitchy. Um, and then there was a company called HubSpot that changed that. So they basically revolutionized in their terms uh, marketing. They actually created a whole conference around inbound uh, marketing or content marketing called Inbound. Uh, and uh, so that was that. And then meanwhile, recruitment went in the opposite direction. So it was all inbound and job boards and applicants. And then... LinkedIn changed that uh, with pass, you know, making it possible for more companies to go after passive candidates. And uh, you know, Glassdoor came up, and then the rest is all history, basically. So, so it's almost never been easier to find people now in recruitment. Um, but uh, when you think about the difference between the skills and also the results of um, outbound and inbound in, in marketing, and I think this is true in recruitment too, you need a balanced diet, right? You need to... Um, be thinking about how to use content to stimulate inbound demand, um, how to get people interested in your company in the case of recruitment, how to get people interested in your solutions or the, the, the ways in which you can add value in the case of, of marketing content. Um, so, you know, I think I, I see inbound as a kind of a precursor for everything, really, um, both in recruitment and, and marketing. So on the recruitment side, uh, at Lever, we've done a lot, uh, and this is really something that we started working on not not too long after I arrived at Lever, about uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, and in our case, you know, we were in the process of of scaling our organization and realized that we had all these incredible employee stories uh, internally, where we had a tremendously passionate set of advocates and champions that really loved not only working at Lever but were passionate about the problems that we were solving for our customers. Um, those folks also happened to be incredibly nerdy and introverted and would not in a million years have thought about sharing those stories externally without a little bit of prodding. And so uh, so we did prod them. We gave them, uh, prodded them in a couple of ways. We um, have had a, our own Inside Lever blog for a while, um, and we chose to go off blog a little bit, which in some ways, you know, content specialists will tell you that if you start duplicating content across multiple sites, you lose the SEO value, the search engine optimization kind of power of the piece. But uh, we also kind of looked in a very sort of real way at the traffic on our on our Inside Lever blog and realized that if we were to take the same piece and uh, put it on LinkedIn's publishing platform or use it on Medium or do something else with it, that we would just get many more people um, exposed to that content. 
And so what we did was we encouraged employees who felt passionately about Lever, about the problems that we were solving, about their status as an employee of Lever, to just share some stories. And um, they did that, and that led to, uh, for example, a blog post um, by one of our uh, AEs at the time on why we need more women in tech sales. And that had hundreds, if not yeah, had hundreds of comments and thousands of shares and likes and uh, had you know, a similar piece from another member of the team and another member of the team. And soon enough, these pieces just started propagating across the web and helped us really get out in the open the fact that we are a company that cares massively about diversity and inclusion. And so uh, and you can directly tie our inbound traffic and mentions of Lever's culture and commitment to DNI in applications to that work that we did. And so uh, you can stimulate inbound um, demand and awareness of your brand by putting thought-provoking content out there. So we've seen it work for us, and we continue to try and find ways to showcase our employees and their very authentic stories. Um, so that's that. Uh, if you flip over to the outbound side of the equation, so with outbound in marketing, it's become all about relevancy and personalization. So in other words, if you are sending a, a pitch to a potential customer, you need to make sure that um, you try and drop in elements of personalization to it. Uh, you need to make sure it's relevant to them. And so you need to try and be making that email feel as if it could only have come to them or that call. The same is true with, uh, with outbound recruitment, a.k.a. passive candidate recruiting, and really sort of proactively uh, reaching out to candidates that look like they'd be a great fit for your organization and the, the, the problems that you're trying to solve. And so there are two, you know, so, the, so definitely looking to make those outbound um, reach outs personalized, relevant. Uh, but also what we've seen in marketing that's now becoming the case in recruitment, persistence is half the game. So um, those of you who do passive candidate recruiting know that that proactive, um, proactive uh, reaching out and sourcing of candidates is really hard work, and it's it's kind of you know it's kind of a bummer when you don't hear back from candidates, and it takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of persistence. Um, so now we're seeing tools come to market, and you know Lever happens to have Lever Nurture as an example of this, where the technology actually automates that um, going back to the same candidate with a refined message, with building on that relevancy, and so we're we're sort of taking um, the ability to um, be relevant and personalized with um, using creative use of templates, basically, to help you set up what we would think of as almost like a drip marketing campaign to uh, a candidate that uh, just helps you be persistent, helps you stay in their line of sight with the whole purpose of hopefully getting a response from them. And uh, so far, we're really excited to say that we've seen uh, the response rate of customers like Shopify double by deploying Lever Nurture. And so you know, if you think about the sort of the outbound, what makes for successful outbound, it's uh, it's personalization, it's relevancy, and it's persistence. On the inbound side, it's authenticity, it's value, it's creating some, an emotional tie with your audience. So I think those are the things that um, that uh, can be learned from marketing, if you will. And um, I do think it is about having that balanced diet and really really leveraging both both techniques to uh, to get results. I love that thought, thinking that it's a balanced diet between both and you're needing the content and the personalization both to get to get your message across. Um, so related to that, I'm interested in your last point about crowdsourcing and why do you think that's such a phenomenon and why is it relevant for recruiting today? 
So, uh, good old crowdsourcing. It's sort of our, our best friend and our worst nightmare in some ways. So, you know, I, I, I dropped the stat earlier. People just don't trust advertising. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's fair because, you know, there's, there's, there's been a longstanding distrust uh, of brands in general that I think uh, marketers have had to deal with increasingly over the years. And at the same time, I'd say, given modern technology, there's been this trend toward more authentic and raw content. Uh, so, you know, gone are the days in which, like, the overly polished videos and overly orchestrated content uh, was always the only answer. And I think today I see marketers and also recruiting teams being successful by uh, by thinking through how can we get that authentic message out? How can we be a bit more real um, about what it's like to work at our company and the opportunities here? Um, and so, you know, peer recommendations become something that are incredibly powerful in this space. And this is why Glassdoor and Twitter and all, you know, all of these social, socially driven platforms become uh, something that recruiters really cannot ignore and need to be getting their arms around uh, proactively. So, uh, and, and, you know, I think, it's, I think it's natural. I mean, we, again, you know, the Internet has just made for this being the era of transparency. And it, it is, it, it's, it's just a new reality, basically. It's a new fact of life and how we have to conduct ourselves from a business standpoint. And so I think Glassdoor is a great example of a site that adds, obviously, a lot of value to... Job seekers, um, I will also say on a side note, from a competitive tracking standpoint, it's a fascinating read. So something that you can use to also look at what your, what your talent competitors are doing, for instance. Um, but I think Glassdoor has, pro, has long emphasized the, the importance of taking a proactive role in getting involved in the conversation, and I, I agree that's the best thing to do here. Similarly, on Twitter, if someone is bashing you for something, uh, unless unless they clearly are just deranged, uh, and even in those situations, I think it's about trying to get the conversation going offline as quickly as you can while still acknowledging. Uh, and I think Glassdoor are very much the same thing of making sure you acknowledge if somebody has a um, a complaint or some feedback that is uh, perhaps uh, aggressively constructive, let's just say, making sure that you are there, that you hear them, and uh, making sure that you uh, find a way to get involved gracefully, I think, is... is uh, is what it's all about today. I like that, getting involved gracefully. Any closing thoughts from you, Lila? Yeah, I think, so if you buy all of this, right, if you if you believe that uh, a lot of what is driving recruitment best practices and recruitment success today is actually borrowing from the marketing playbook, I would challenge each and every one of you to set up a standing one-on-one with your CMO, even if it's monthly or, or if you're a large company, maybe it's quarterly. Um, but I think that your CMO stands to learn from you because hopefully if you are doing your job, you can share insights from candidates and uh, really provide that feedback back into, um, back into the marketing organization because, you know, as we, as we said earlier, there is this overlap now between customers and candidates out there. Uh, in, in return for that, hopefully you get to hear a little bit more about how your marketing team is thinking about the world and the type of content that they're producing. And who knows, maybe you'll end up inspiring one another because uh, you know, ultimately you're both presenting very different, uh, uh, you know, on the face of it, very different public uh, fronts uh, on the marketplace. But I would argue they're, they're much more conjoined than you would think. 
And with this continued blurring of the lines, I would say that you're, if you can make your CMO or your head of marketing your best, your best friend, then that's going to help reap dividends for your recruiting organization. That's a very smart idea. So thank you for your time today, Leela. Sure. It was uh, great talking with you, Jenna. We'd also like to thank all of you for tuning in, and I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoy what you heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. Lastly, one more big thank you to Leela for enlightening our listeners. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of HCI, thank you for listening.